Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, the Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Welcome to episode 113 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel. Todd is with me tonight. No, Peter. Peter, we're hoping you're feeling okay and that we'll see you again in episode 114. Todd, it's good to see you. How are you tonight? Good. Ready to go. Hope Peter is recovering. Yeah. Thanks to Rhonda and the folks at RM Management. Thanks to Dwight at ddgcustoms.com. And thanks to Dan and the folks at Bob Anderson Builders. Dan, when you're listening, uh, we will end our season pretty soon so that Bob Anderson can pay up on the ad revenue. We kind of stretch the season out as long as we can, probably go to almost up to the draft. Episode 113. Truth be told, Peter and I recorded an episode last week and I never edited it. And now Todd and I will talk about the 13 from our childhood. Yes. Go ahead. Chester Markle. Of course. Packer Hall of Famer. Which um, I didn't know, by the way. Until I didn't know that, that either until I, I kind of had to do some research for this one. But the biggest thing I always remember, like as soon as I hear that name, are the big black glasses that he wore. <laughs> Stuck out of his helmet and stuff. He just looked like a complete geek. With the single you know? bar? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he, and I mean, granted, he wore the number the longest. He was like nine seasons. So he's worn it. He's worn it the longest as far as seasons, not longest amount of games, though. Sure. Because of the season being shorter back in the 70s and early. Yeah. His name, his actual name, and I, I I don't know if I can do it, but I'll give it a shot. Seslaw Boslaw Markle. That is his real name. He is from Poland. Immigrated from Poland at the age of 14 after his father had committed suicide. Very sad story. Relocated, I guess, somehow with his mother and I don't know if he had siblings, but they relocated to Michigan. He obviously had a soccer background. I, I guess somewhere along in high school, the football coach noticed that he had a leg you know, in soccer and introduced him to football and found himself at Hillsdale College, which I don't know much about, but you do. Yeah, Marcy's son was considering and took a trip to Hillsdale College, which is a small college in Michigan where Chester is from or where he ended up. The UP, right? uh, No, it's not in the UP. Oh, no. It's an NAIA school, but I don't even know if they have athletics anymore at this point. It's very small. Hillsdale is one of the few colleges in the entire country that doesn't take any financial aid. Like you can't, you, huh. they accept no government money. So they have to like fund things on their own. So I wonder how that worked with Chester, because I know that like the, co- the college has donors and they will give money to people yeah. that they want to come into their school. Well, he was an all American there in college. He had the record for the longest field goal ever. Do you know that? I didn't know that. 63 yards, which 
was in college. Longer. That's an absolute bomb. Even now, it's a bomb. Right, but I mean, in the seventies, right, right, unheard of. Him and with all the different, yeah, MC, yeah, had that record for a while. Then, of course, the Packers selected him. I, when I looked this up, I was like, huh? Second round, thirty fourth pick overall, Chester Markle, kicker. Isn't that crazy? The second round. Imagine that now, like today's yeah. times. Twitter would be like. Just blow yep. the hell up. That'd yep. be crazy. He was all pro, pro, pro bowler. He had a bunch of stuff. NFC Rookie of the Year. And, of course, the game that he's most famous for. Right. Which we were talking about before, which was against the Bears. 1980 season. They were tied 6-6. And Marco went to kick it. Blocked. And it, like, literally, I don't know if it hit the ground and bounced right up to him, but literally hit him, like, perfectly in the hands and he right. ran and he just sprinted and just like if you watch the video it's really funny to see like this nerdy white kicker dude running with the football man and he just beelined it down the side down the left side of the sidelines man and but he just like ran himself like into the wall and the whole team like came flying up across <laughs> on the sidelines so. couldn't stop himself because they're not used to running with the yeah. football <laughs> it was just it was funny but uh the physics of it the glasses in that play in particular are the are the things that stick out in my memory whenever I hear that name. And then, of course, he had a bit of a drug problem. Bart Starr ended up cutting him, most likely because of that. And then I think in the years post-football, he found himself in some addictive patterns with uh, alcohol, drugs, and so forth, and ended up uh, with an attempt on his own life in 86. And then I, I guess he's obviously found a different path in life and is a resident of the UP. You know, the story is that he was high on cocaine during that game against the bears. We ran that kick. And if you watch the video, that would probably confirm it because it's, it's right. It's on YouTube. So if you're listening and yeah, Chester Markle Packers bears game, 1980 or whatever. That's funny. Yeah. He looks high as a kite. We're not with the ball. So do your rant. It says that Markle is a resident of dollar Bay, Michigan. Send me a message when you get this, do you rant? Let me know how far you are away from Chester Markle in Dollar Bay, Michigan. Yeah. And he's got a good, he's got a book. So like he's obviously cleaned up his life along the way and works as a drug and alcohol abuse counselor. And he has a, a book called Alive and Kicking, My Journey Through Football, Addiction and Life. Awesome. I'm actually thinking about getting that. I think it'd be an interesting book, right? Yeah. Interesting I mean, just story. think of where he came from. You know, he came from Poland. Not speaking any English at the age of 14, moves to Michigan. His father just, um, you know, yeah, took his own life. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Crazy. Going through a, that's a lot. To just come. Yes. Home, like, he, he was a freshman in high school. Never played football before. Knows no English. Knows no English. A gym teacher at his high school is like, you should go out for the football team because you got a good leg. Three, four years later. Right. He's kicking he's- in college. And he comes up fucking field goal. Boom, ends up the 34th pick in the draft a few years later after that. Really cool story. All right, let's move on to the slices. Let's start with this one because you and I had talked about a couple weeks ago, you know, which job would you want? They're going to hire Todd as the head coach of some team that needs a head coach. The Broncos hired Sean Payton. And we talked about it back then. Like, that seems like a shit job. You are really riding your coaching happiness, your coaching success on one guy. I mean, what other opportunities were out there for him that were 
All the smart. ones we talked about. Now, granted, no. those aren't great jobs either. But, I mean, we didn't pick the Broncos. Neither one of us want that Broncos job because if Russell Wilson stinks, the, then the your th- team I guess stinks. the thought there is that Sean Payton can kind of turn him around. Possibly. I mean. And they got a decent defense. It's not spectacular, but it's pretty yeah. good. I actually think it's an all right fit. He's obviously the best name brand coach out there that's available. That's also not been fired. He's just out there as almost like as a free agent floating around. And obviously things didn't work out with Nathaniel Hackett. I guess the Broncos are a decent name brand organization. And he's a quarterback's kind of coach. So can he go in there and he's going to have his work cut out for him, obviously. Get inside Russell Wilson's head somehow. So let's talk a little bit about the games this weekend. Any surprises for you before we talk about each individual game? Did you think that the Eagles and Chiefs were going to win it? I actually kind of thought I had it the other way around. I thought okay. that I thought that the Niners were going to upset the Eagles. Okay. But, and you thought Cincinnati was going to beat? Yep. Oh, yeah. so it would have been like the 80s all over again. Yeah, I had Niners-Bengals. Okay. Yeah. So Peter and I agreed that it was going to be Eagles-Bengals. Both, oh, so really? all three of us had Bengals. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, right down to the last yeah. seconds of that game. Let's talk about that game first. Chiefs 23, yeah. Bengals 20. Initial thoughts on that? The Bengals were definitely a, a team that I, I think I overlooked for a good portion of the season. They were a lot better than once I started watching them during the playoffs. I was like, holy shit, this team is... They're good. Got it. Yeah, they're they're good. They're good all around. But yeah, for it to come down to that last play with a late hit out of bounds, man, that's tough, right? That's tough. And I, I don't think you know it. W- it wasn't like one of those hits where tensions were running high or whatever. I think the guy just honestly lost track of where he was at. The adrenaline's running. It's seconds left in the game. Yeah, you have to do better. But man, I feel I felt bad for that dude. That's a tough call to make on that guy. And, but it was. It was. There was, like, no denying it. You don't think so? I mean, I've seen a lot yeah. of angles to that, and I, I don't I know. do, but, I mean, he he shoved him. I mean, he made – it was obvious. I mean, okay. he couldn't – I mean, do I think there was a bit of a flop from Mahomes? I absolutely do. Sure. He, was, he dramatized yeah. that thing and made it look worse than it actually was. Yeah. The one thing that I wanted to – ask you and I'll, I'll preface it by like i did not talk to you about this beforehand but here it goes anyway it's what i always do should every call in the playoffs be reviewable i don't know what that would do to the game but i think if you look at this that's a huge spot i don't want to say decided oh, yeah. the game because it might have went to yeah. overtime and then the chiefs could have yeah. won but that's a huge call in a huge spot and nfl officiating has not been good so the question again is, should they review every call or should someone be looking at it outside of the field, you know, maybe up in the booth there yeah. at the game? Talking about like basically having an eye in the sky and reviewing every single play. Every call. If, if they see made. something that wasn't seen on the field, they have to call down to the field basically and say, stop the game. No, I'm saying that if a call is made, that it gets reviewed immediately. Not, not if the, because the game would last nine. Well, there would have to be rules around that. It couldn't be every call. It couldn't be a holding call, right? We're not talking about that. I, I'm. I actually am saying every call. Oh, okay. Um, 
because if you're taking away, so that's why I didn't want to put into it. Like, if, cause there's a holding on every play, right? You'd call holding. Yeah, they they would never is. get yeah. any yards at all. Right. But if they call a hold and you're, then all of a sudden they look at it and they're like, wow, that absolutely wasn't holding by yeah. the land, you know, the lay of the land or the rules or whatever. I don't know. That's really tough. I don't think you can do it every, every, every call. I, I wouldn't think you can do it every call, but I think they could put maybe some more rules and guidance around it that would improve it. I don't know. But even in the, like there, there was bad calls. Um, there was another call in that game that I thought was, but, oh, it was the, it was actually MVS. Do you see when he, when he held the ball out, when he's being tackled? I mean, that was actually a huge momentum changer on a third down. Was there conclusive evidence that the nose of that ball got to that hat to that? I mean, not really. I didn't think so. There was no clear evidence that the nose of that football had had crossed that. None. So and they, they were like first down. And I was like, wait a minute. Right? Like I don't stuff like that. Like that one was another one in that game where I, and it was a huge impactful third down because I think they the Chiefs ended up scoring on that drive, if I'm not mistaken. But And in a game that close, all of those things are big things. Patrick Mahomes was spectacular in this game. I mean, he was. for being injured and not being able to move his feet like he normally does, I thought he had a great game. You know, people beat up on Mahomes. You either love or hate Mahomes just like you love or hate Rodgers, you love or hate Brady. Like, Mahomes has become one of those people. I like him. And I, and I think that he is – you know, they've compared him to Brett Favre because of the way he throws it at all kinds of angles. He throws the ball where he sometimes shouldn't. But he is a better quarterback oh, all day long far. than Brett Favre. Oh, yeah, by far. He's going to take some chances. He's going to do some things that are out of the ordinary, maybe unorthodox, whatever you want to call him. But they don't win this game without him. They can't run the football in Kansas City. They, they barely even try. Bad weather or cold weather, you think you try to run the ball more than, what, 20 times, I think they ran it. And they were terrible at it. Yeah. Absolutely terrible running the football. They were. Yeah, they found a way to win. And and Andy Reid is a genius. I mean, let's, let's face it. That touchdown to MVS, there was no safety over the top. That was about as easy of a of a call on the field. I mean, that was right. just give me. It, and Mahomes just had to wait a little bit for that linebacker or whatever it was in the to pocket. clear that second level. Yeah, and boom. I mean, he was. There was nothing that dude that DB was going to do. The only yeah. thing stopping it would have been MVS dropping the ball like he normally does. Right, which I was waiting for. Not to take anything away from Kelsey, but like, doesn't it seem like that dude is just always wide open? Yeah. He is think- never, <laughs> ever got somebody like hanging on him or tight coverage or he's always just, he, it's like there's a, there goes a pass to Travis Kelsey and he's like, wide open and you know they're covering him right they have to be he's too big of a name and if you look at their wide receiving core there's no it's mvs who again mvs is fine he's overpaid like a motherfucker yeah but and then it's travis it's travis kelsey and then mvs and then who knows right sky Moore, the rookie maybe yeah nicole hardman is fine i mean it's just really strange that right. he get he must get open though kelsey has to get open there's no way they're just leaving him open. well in the previous playoff game i can't remember which announcer it was 
but he was beaten up on the who, who did the Chiefs play before this? The the announcer was just like beaten up on the defensive coordinator. Like you gotta put some, like a body on Kelsey, like jam him at the line because like yeah. they would show replays and like there's nobody even bumping him. No, he's just he's just out free to roam. Yeah, not taking anything away from him, but. God, that guy just always seems like he's wide open. I hate to go back to this over and over again, but the Bengals didn't run the football either. I'm so perplexed by that whole thing. Joe Burrow threw 41 passes in this game where you'd think ball control would be the thing. We're going to you know, run. I mean, and they ran the ball up <laughs> Buffalo's ass the week before. So strange to see that where you're, the Chiefs are have a good defense, right? They have Frank Clark and uh, Chris jones so they've got a good defensive line but you think that in the weather like that that you would at least attempt to run the ball joe mixon ran the ball eight times joe burrow led them in rushing like what in the fuck is going on there i don't know we picked the bills you and i picked the bills to be in a a super bowl yeah but if you if we would have said the chiefs you'd been like all these teams are on that peter picked the chiefs he did they're on that same level i mean these are all very good teams and I think they're better than the NFC. But let's talk about that game. So that was an awful game to watch. It was just, oh, and wow. that game was over. The minute oh. that Purdy got hurt, it was absolutely over. But it was over before that, too. And there was bad call after bad call after bad call in this game. Yes. And you don't see Shanahan. Shanahan. You don't see him get unglued too much on the sideline. Different coaches are more reserved than others, but... Shanahan, you don't see come on glute, man. He came out of his shoes a few times. And there were some bullshit calls in this game. The one that I that's I won't even put it on the officials. I'll put it on the, the coaching staff of the 49ers up in the box. That catch by Devontae Smith. Yeah, by Smith. That wasn't a catch. Listen, when you see the receiver popping up off the ground and telling the sideline and the rest of the offense, hurry up. <laughs> We need to run a play. That's an indication that he didn't, he didn't fucking catch, catch it. it. Get out the red flag. Fucking throw it. Don't you even, even look need, at it. You don't even need anybody up in, in the box to tell you. The receiver jumps up and is like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Throw the not fucking subtle. red flag. That was a monumental game shifter right there. I don't put that on Shanahan because he's he's over on clearly on the other side of the field on the sideline. But you got coaches up in the up up in the booth that are responsible for that to come down into and say and bark in your headset and say dude pull the red flag we saw it he dropped it it's on the ground they didn't show that angle until later on and it, it was like wow that's not a catch i was like, telling is- my son i'm like i don't think he caught it i don't think he caught it and then you got olsen that chump <laughs> announcer <laughs> that man he's he's awful and he's just like oh he's like bumbling around I'm like dude he didn't fucking catch that Sure shit, they came back with a different angle, and it's like, well, it's too late now. It kind of goes back to what we talked about. I don't even remember what episode it was on. Why does the NFL, worth a collective like $90 billion, why they don't hire full-time officials that they can train, work with, suspend, fire, to get the best referees out there? This is the playoffs. It is to win your title, your championship, and you've got guys that you're flying in on Friday night to spend the weekend, wherever they're spending. Hire officials. How much can it cost? How much can an official make? At the end of the day, it's a cost that they can absorb easily. Go hire somebody. Start developing guys. Bring, I don't know. It's just stupid. 
that they still don't have their own set of officials. The 31 to 7 isn't indicative of like how that game went because it was actually close. I mean, the Niners were keeping it relatively close. And it was if it wasn't for that bad call where Smith clearly dropped it. It could have been different. It could have yeah. been in, in reach for for a while, but you know, even with Purdy out, there was just no chance that was gonna come. Let's see what man shit. Johnson was garbage. Did you see that dude? Yes. He's been oh. on like 97 teams. His 15th year in this in the league and 15th team. I hate to say it, but he's from San Diego State. So yeah, but yeah. he's awful. Oh man, was he? Oh. So that's another thing that comes up. The NFL used to have the emergency quarterback rule. Third emergency quarterback. They need to right. bring that back immediately. If that doesn't happen, I would be absolutely stunned. For the playoffs, you have to have that. You can't. You are. Again, a multi-billion dollar industry. Your product is being watched by millions and millions of people. When Johnson went out and Purdy had to come back, he, he could have thrown it left-handed better. That game was over. You know, we're going to yeah. put McCaffrey in here and run a – I mean, you have to have a quarterback playing quarterback. As bad as emergency quarterback might be, he's better than the running back that's going to play quarterback for you. That, that just can't be – in the playoffs, that can't be a thing. Anything else about Eagles? How good are the Eagles? I think it's going to be a good Super Bowl. I really do. I mean, they they both they're obviously two of the best teams in the NFL. I I think they got it right. All four of those teams I thought were playing really well. The road for the Eagles was not difficult. No, they played the I mean, Giants. They, they stomped a mud hole in the Giants, which I did not see coming at all. Well, after they really played well against Minnesota, that kind of seemed yeah. like oh hmm. But they are who they are. They have no wide receivers in New York. Daniel Jones is, as we said before we went to the game in London, isn't good. Right. He's not a good quarterback. But if you're leaving guys wide open, and if you let him run the football, he's a good running quarterback. And like like Mike Wall said when he was on our show, he was saying, um, I'd put that 49ers offensive line up against ours man for man pretty much, right? As far as like, we said the Packers would be better in a lot of spots. Yeah. Right. In a lot of spots. This game, the Eagles absolutely obliterated. They did. I mean, obliterated. It wasn't even close. No. I mean, the the, the Eagles controlled the line of scrimmage all day long. (laughs) They could not stop them. And McCaffrey isn't the kind of guy that's going to get yards on his own. Like, he's a little bit of. Tell you what, he's going to be, he's going to be sore after that game because he, he took, he didn't go out of that game without an effort. He gave it everything he could. Let's just finish it off, this part off with, okay, so now it's Eagles-Chiefs. You want to give a prediction of who who wins that game? I think I'm going to take the Chiefs just because I know my son really likes Mahomes. But, I mean, it's a toss-up. You want to pick a score? I think it's going to be really close. 28-20. to 28-20, Chiefs. I think the Chiefs blow out Philadelphia in this game, and I don't know why. Jalen Hurts will give the Chiefs problems because he's mobile and he's able to get out of the pocket, and I think that's an issue. I don't know that they can score. If they get behind in this game, I don't think they can score enough points to catch up, and I think that's a problem. So I think that the the Chiefs will win 34-20. Want to know what the spread is Hmm. since we're talking about it? It's close. It's got to be close. Philadelphia is a a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this game right now. The over-under is 49-and-a-half. So you think it's going to go under the 49 and a half, 28, 20. 
we will see. We'll put another poll out on Twitters and see what our friends from the Twitters think. Should be a fun game. Like some games I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to watch this. And when the 49ers are in it or somebody that beat the Packers are in it, I can't watch. Like last year when the Rams and the Bengals were in it, I'm like, oh, that'll be fun. It'll be a fun game to watch. And I think this will be a fun game to watch as well. All right, on to Packer news. Let's talk a little bit about our Green Bay Packers. So it's the offseason. So, of course, that means the offseason in Packerland is what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. It's already begun. Little Rob from across the pond reached out to me. We were talking about the McAfee show, and I told him, I can't even listen to Pat McAfee when Rodgers is on anymore. It's so, it's just nonsense. They say absolutely nothing. Those guys, those like cheerleaders that McAfee has on are just sucking Aaron Rodgers' dick. Well, you know, anything he says, like, oh, it's so, yeah. it's so irritating. Aaron said nothing. Preliminary thoughts. What do you think is going to happen? Are they trading Aaron Rodgers or is he going to be a Packer in 2023? I think he's going to be a Packer in 23. There have been some reports that there's that there has been trade talks. Now, if the front office is actually having talks or if that's rumor, if it's rumor, it's rumor. Right. But if the front office is actually having talks or they're, they're talking about trading him and they're not including him. Shitstorm. That's not good. That is not good. That wouldn't sit below with me if I was Aaron Rodgers. It's Adam Schefter fucking floating that shit out there again. Yeah. So who knows what the hell that that's it could be but complete this, nonsense. It's, yeah, it's it's every year. It's every year is not more nonsense. The circus lasted, I don't know, a year, year and a half the last time before he actually inked the last contract. Well, in my mind, none of this should be happening right now. You you signed right. the contract last year. So why is it always yeah, that's up? That. Why is it always up for discussion at the end of the year? You're in a contract. Right. If the Packers like, want me back, fuck you. They just signed you to a $150 million contract over three years, clown. That says they want yeah. you back. Because if they didn't do that, you wouldn't be in Green Bay, you fucking moron. God, I hate yeah. that. Such a diva. You know, and because Nathaniel Hackett is now in New York with the right. Jets, and because Favre went to the Jets, and, you know, there's that whole parallel that everybody has to make. Everybody's like, oh, you're going to trade him to the Jets. And like at Chad seven five six four two three nine is like oh we're gonna trade Aaron Rodgers for Gardner and uh, Quinn and Williams who says no the fucking Jets say no you dipshit like I can't stand <laughs> those no one's trading those two guys for a ninety year old Aaron Rodgers I'm so yeah. sick of that shit I'm so sick of it Todd I can't we take it anymore it's gonna be I would say at least into March. It's got to be before the draft, right? There has yeah, to be picks involved. It has to be done before that. Because you yeah, need to know what you're doing with Jordan Love. And like you said, are we drafting the quarterback? Because if you keep Aaron Rodgers, you probably got to draft another one. Hopefully there's one at 15. There have been mock drafts ad nauseum. And I can't even. I need to mute fucking mock, mock drafts on Twitter because yeah. <laughs> I get so sick of watching that. That Richardson kid from Florida I've seen mocked to the Packers at 15. Oh, hell no. I like cussing so much. I don't know. But that can't be a thing. He's too raw. He's not ready for the NFL after a year with Rodgers. My God. We definitely want Jordan yeah. Love rather than Richardson. You keep that fool. Everything hinges on this. Everything. Yeah. Everything hinges on this. Now, again, 
Going back to Mike Wall, he brought up a, a million good points when we were talking to him on the show. But one of the things he brought up that a lot of people don't really take into consideration is Aaron Rodgers over his tenure in Green Bay, he has lined the pockets of everybody from yes. the top down. All the shit that you see around the stadium, all the the sledding hill and the ice rinks and the all that shit and the the additions to the stadium and you know like the Robert Tunyons and the Alan Lazards who, who got was, paid over uh, that yeah they were on practice fucking squads yes you know what I mean those are just two examples of dozens and dozens and dozens of players right because of him who include the front office who thousand percent everybody and everything hinges on him. Mm-hmm. So time of year again. Absolutely. Sit and wait. Nervously wait. Yeah. Right. Let's move on to other stuff. So a big loss in the coaching side with Jerry Gray moving to Atlanta. I would love to be a fly on the wall to want to know, like, did Jerry Gray want the D.C. job? Did he just want to move on? Did he not get along with Barry? Is he getting promoted not really. I mean, there's a bigger title for him, but I don't see Jerry Gray and I don't know him personally, but I don't see him as being a guy who's like, I need a title. He was already the defensive coordinator in his career. So to be like the assistant head coach, I'm sorry, Jerry Gray's never going to be a head coach in this league. So giving him that title doesn't move him up the ladder to be a head coach. Yeah. So why is he gone? That brings up a lot of speculation for sure. It's not like he's at the point in his career, like you said, is where he's eyeing up a a head coaching job, right? He's been a coach for God knows how long, decade. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's comfortable in his role, being a DB coach or whatnot. But then why did he leave to move to a franchise who isn't good? Right, yeah, right. I mean, it's got to be the the Barry factor. It's got to be. I would agree. Speculation, but I mean. On our parts, but fuck it, that's what we do. The only real coach in that coaching staff that had any type of lent any type of stability was Jerry Gray. A hundred percent agree. And now he's gone. Why didn't they do something to keep him? Well, there's that question. And maybe he said, I'm out. Fuck this. Even though Lafleur said there won't be any coaching changes, which I'm going to be highly disappointed if there isn't. We're going year to year to year, and we're not making the necessary changes to kind of stir things up. It's not working. Anyone who has watched the Packers under Barry can clearly see it's not working. Well, this is interesting. I'm reading this on ESPN.com. It says, Gray let his contract lapse with the Packers, which means it wasn't like he was under contract and they're like, hey, can we talk to your guy? We'd like to hire him. He wasn't even a coach with the Packers, I mean, essentially. Right. To my point was, why didn't they step in and say, we need you. You're the only voice the players are responding to in that fucking locker room. And he's gone. Very hard to replace. If you look at the coaching staff, that's the guy you don't want to leave. This is literally the stuff with Barry is it's literally this almost the exact amount of time and the exact like roadmap that Petten was on. And capers. I mean, like, you just go back, you know, it's almost verbatim. Well, capers at least was a great coach at one time. You can never argue that Barry or Petten were, were great coaches. Tom Capers basically made the 3-4 what it is today. You're not going to get me to defend Joe Barry. <laughs> he just not. 
right, we're just going to go we're going to go into the season as he's going to be the defensive coordinator i mean thousand percent of course he is you know yeah that, and, and i'm yeah. going to be super disappointed elton jenkins is now a pro bowler yep i mean congratulations to elton i'm not sure that he played all that great down the stretch he did did he get more healthy did they put him back in a position that he should be playing Again, we refer back to the Mike Wall show. He also agreed that moving a guy like Elton Jenkins, the Packers played that poorly in his eyes and in ours too. Yep. Good for him. And he and got paid. Yeah. And they should be looking for an offensive line coach too. I agree. You can't keep that. Those How about guys. Mike Wall? Let's go. I'm on the Mike <laughs> Wall for a Packers. I, hell yes. Why not? Super I mean, smart guy. guy. Yeah. Good. Smart guy. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. That would be fucking awesome to see him on the sideline. We're not going to talk, get into the draft deep. We're not going to get into free agency deep today. If you are Guten Kraus, what guys do you bring in? So we either through the draft or through free agency, where do you go? You know, you could do anything in free agency. So where will the Packers? (laughs) Well, yeah, I think that is a topic. Why not? You look at a team like the 49ers. They were like, fuck it. We're all in. We're getting McCaffrey right now. Why don't we? I mean, you know the trend, right? Well, in the window, the window is short. It's Aaron Rodgers. The window is very small. Right. You bring in Charles Woodson. You go to a Super Bowl. You bring Bring in in Reggie White. You bring in Reggie White. You go to a Super Bowl. When have we brought in maybe Julius Peppers? But he was way beyond his years by the time he got there. We're talking about dudes that were in their prime who can, like, make a significant impact. I mean, look at what McCaffrey did with the Niners. I mean, he's going to be a good crazy. player for them. Yeah, if he stays healthy, we everybody on the planet knows he's a great player. But then you look at like, okay, if, if we were to go to free agency, what, not necessarily who, but what position would that be for us? For me, it's safety all day long. I think you go to the safety position and find somebody that can play the position because you don't want young guys back there making mistakes because that's your last line of defense. And those are kind of the guys that keep it all together. I'm going into free agency and finding me a safety, a better one than Rudy Ford or Keyshawn Nixon, who are very good. But when you saw what an upgrade that marginal player of Rudy Ford was over Darnell Savage, then you got to be able to plug a guy in there. There's got to be a veteran out there at a decent price. And that's something the Packers will do, right? They're not going to go spend a million dollars on a free agent, but they'll kind of find a mid-level guy and spend money. I mean, Devondre Campbell, those kind of guys, the four to five, six million dollars, they'll spend that money. A marquee name. like a Oh, big, a person? You know, like they're going to go into free agency. I want, I want a big time name. You know what I mean? I don't mean? care about that. I, I do. I, I would rather they pick up. And I would, I would put whoever it is anywhere along the defensive line to include edge and linebacker. Any of those. So with free agents, you want a big name free, free agent on the defense yeah. side of the ball. Okay. Big marquee name. Let's look at that next, next week. Let's have like ideas on who that should be. Cause I'm not against it. We keep well, putting I mean, money in the defense. I don't think gonna that's going to happen in linebacker. Right. I mean, we we're, we're stuck with Devondre Campbell. For, yes, yes. Yeah. We talked yeah. about that already. We're stuck with these guys. So. But as far as the draft goes then, because we know that's where the Packers will build anyway. They won't build through free agency. Yep. What is your number one, like, I need to have this guy in the first round? Not guy, but what position in the first round do you yep. look at? So with number 15th pick overall, and with this is completely without looking at any. Yeah, I have I have no, I couldn't even. You haven't been on Twitter at the million mock drafts? <laughs> right. Good for you if you have um, 
My top three, I would go offensive tackle as the number one pick. If if there's someone out there that's available, that's that slides down from the top ten or whatever. That is an immediate one day one starter. We need a right specifically a right tackle. tackle someone who can start immediately. No more shifting around. It's gonna be the anchor on one side and Bakhtiari on the left side. And okay. Then- Until Bakhtiari yeah retires probably like one or two years away from that sure and you might be able to go then pick another left tackle going down the road i'm with you on on right tackle but like right tackle has to get the reason for all the shifting around is because of right tackle without a solid person anchoring the right side everybody else is shifting around continuously i would put my money into a right tackle okay and i would probably go receiver again depending on who it is and then of course like you mentioned safety that has to happen this year, whether it's in the draft, whether it's free agency, whether whatever. You have to address the position. Yeah, it 100%. has to be safety. It has to happen this year. Tariq Carpenter, it's not going to no. be any of those guys. No, absolutely so. not. And who knows if Rudy Ford and Keyshawn Nixon are coming. I can get down with a tackle and I wouldn't be, I would have no problem with the tackle. They need an edge guy. We've yeah. talked about this. Oh, Sean Gary is not going to come back immediately. I think you're going to have... J.J. Enigbare, and that's it. We talked about Preston Smith. I don't think Preston Smith is coming back. I don't want him back. I'm done. If there's nothing, if they don't draft one, then he has to come back, right? Because you cannot go into your season. And maybe that's where you get that marquee player. Packers have a bunch of seventh-round picks. They got a first, a second, a third, fourth, fifth, no sixth. They got three seventh-round picks. (laughs) Look at the notes. I I did not know until I saw that in the notes. Your buddy, Corey Bajorquez, Still beating up on the Packers, even though he's not on the roster. We sent a sixth and seventh round pick to the Rams for that piece of shit. Yeah, we're not going down that road again. We're but not. Yes. But look at but look at the impact, right? You're at round five. You're at one, 146, right? And without a sixth pick, you are waiting 54. What is that, 55? Yeah, 55 picks. 55 picks later. And you could lose, what, 10 of your guys that you got on your board. Now, granted, we are talking about sixth and seventh round. Sure. So I I, I get it. Don't know, right? Right. Maybe there's somebody in there. running a six-round pick? So guys that start in the league, you you can find a few guys back there. Right. But you're not going to – there are very few guys in the seventh round that start in the NFL. You're trying yes. to find special Yes, we are done. Guys. After after 146, and, lo- and this is all assuming trades and sure. off-season shit and, or whatever. But, like, after 146, we're pretty much done. Yep. Yep. What else? Um, I don't know. What else do we have? That's pretty much it. We can talk about guys that we're going to get rid of before we go. Guys that are on the chopping block in your eyes. Yeah, and I think these are the ones that I listed. I, and of course, we'd need an expert other than ourselves. But and we'll try uh, to get Ken Angles on. Yeah, I, I think these guys are that there'd be no impact. Like they're they're like their contracts of we can just cut them away. Um, and it's Mercedes Lewis, of course, which I know you want to see gone more than me, but. I could, I could honestly see, it, it, like, if they don't address the right, the right tackle situation, he's going to have to stick around. Yeah, Cobb, and you know, Cobb is a. If Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers sticks around, Cobb will be around. 
and that there isn't going to be any disputing that, right? Unfortunately, I have to agree with that. Yes. Amos, I think, is an easy one. Gone. He has declined in, in, in these past couple seasons, and I think his contract is – and, of course, I don't even want to get into Dean Lowry, but he would be the other one. Wyatt is going to be the next developmental – Right. Well, Amos isn't under contract as far as I, I don't think he is. Right. I'm trying to think like they're just going to let him walk and yeah. good luck to you, buddy. Go figure out right. what you can do. In and I think agent. that's the same with all four of those guys. There yeah. is talk about Jones, too, about restructuring his contract. Like if he if he says no to that, I think Aaron Jones could be a possibility. There's some stuff I'm sure the Packers I mean it, it always pushes stuff down the road but I think there's some things they can do with Aaron Jones's contract they absolutely have to have him back on the roster oh, there's no question about percent, that so, so he's not going anywhere I'm with you on Cobb I, I'm not sure Cobb should come back but he's not a contract I don't think he should either but I'm just saying like if Rodgers comes back that's that's a no is he's it gonna though? be I think so I'm with you I on the so. on Aaron wants him back but at some point, they got to grab the franchise back from Aaron and be like, no, buddy. Randall Cobb. When have they ever nice, done that? <laughs> well, I know this this right. time would be the first time. And I, I love Cobb. Me too. Great we, we player need... in the yeah. past. Good dude. Make them coaches. Make them volunteer. Make them not a volunteer assistants, but guys, low paid assistants. Put them, on the, put them in the locker room as an assistant and pay him as that. Yeah. Pay him as a, a wide receiver taking snaps away from guys who need the work. Yeah. Can I like Randall Cobb? I don't know. There's a couple guys on this roster too, and we can talk about it. I, Josiah DeGuara can go. I, yes. I know he's got, he's not a huge contract. It's not going to save him a bunch of money or anything. Is he on his rookie still? Or? Yeah, still on his rookie deal. Him. Uh, yeah, and, I would not invite him back at what all. What are you getting? What value did, we, we've already talked about the tight end position a million fucking yep. times. But I, yeah, what about Tonian? What would you do about Tonian? I think that he is going to get more money in the free agent market than he's worth. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's worth a lot. I, I just you, I, he had one year. The yeah. Packers have done that with Devondre Campbell and Razul Douglas, the one-year wonders. I'm not sure that you bring Tonian back. I think you got to draft one for the first time in forever, second, third, fourth, fifth round. A guy that can play this position and can do he clearly cannot block. Yeah. yeah. No, neither. Yeah. No, they, he can't block. He's not good at it. And like Mike said, Mike Wall said uh, a couple weeks ago, like Kittle is a game changer as a blocker. Imagine that again, opening up holes for Dylan and Jones. Like, well, what a novel concept that would be. All right, let's wrap it up then. So thanks for listening to episode 113 of the Average Cheese Podcast. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.